And all of God's people said, you weren't listening during that. You're supposed to say amen when you sing it, too. And all of God's people said amen. Amen. So next time we sing that, you know. <laughs> Who said that? <laughs> that was so uncharacteristic coming out of James's mouth, so... The joy of the Lord is our strength, and we are certainly in joy today. Let's bow our heads for prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the gift of joy, a joy that comes to our hearts and our lives even in the midst of of struggles and hardships. Our joy flows not from our own hearts, but from you into our hearts. Keep us mindful of that as we face the challenges of life each and every day. Lord, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. We might make good Lutherans out of you all yet. (laughs) It reminds me of a story. Um, One of the pastors that I grew up under his very first call out of the seminary was to an inner city church in Indianapolis and it was a hot summer day when he got to give his first sermon and in those days they didn't have really any air conditioning in the church so all of the windows of the church were open and uh, and it was just a still summer day no breeze or anything and and he's preaching and and he he typed out his sermons and he had his manuscript and he's just going on and on in his very first sermon to the people And all of a sudden, this big gust of wind came out and blew his sermon right out the window. And someone said, Amen. I think he learned a lesson that day. The joy of the Lord is your strength. The words come to the people as they are being addressed by Nehemiah and Ezra. They have returned to the city of Jerusalem after a long period of exile in Babylon. The walls of Jerusalem have been rebuilt. The items that were pilfered from the temple have been returned. And the people gather, many of them for the first time, to hear God's word. And we get to an idea from our scripture reading how precious that word was to them and how respectful they are toward it. Verse 5 in our Old Testament reading. And Ezra opened the book in the sight of all the people, for he was above all the people. And as he opened it, the people stood. And they worshiped. And when they heard the word, 
They answered, Amen. Amen. And they listened again. And the people were cut to the heart as they began to understand what it meant. And then Nehemiah says, This day is holy to the Lord your God. Do not mourn or weep. Go your way. Eat the fat and drink sweet wine and send portions to anyone who has nothing ready. For this day is holy to our Lord. Now, the respect and the honor that they have for the word of God is an important lesson for us to understand that that word still holds the promises of God for our lives today. It is a word that still touches us with everlasting life. It's a word that when it's read, we need to pause and listen. That doesn't always happen. Today in our world, when people hear God's word, they don't want to listen. In fact, many times they want to reshape God's word to make it say what they want it to say. And in the name of freedom, they say that they can do that, and it's okay. Wow. In this season of Epiphany, we honor the Word made flesh who is Jesus Christ and who comes to dwell among us full of grace and truth. But we begin to understand also that this word made flesh is our Lord. And it's in him that we find our joy and our strength. The word of God is our strength and it is our joy. In our gospel lesson today, we see that our Lord comes to his hometown of Nazareth and he is invited to read the scriptures and he takes the scroll and he reads the appointed scriptures for the day. And in our gospel lesson, we hear that he reads from the prophet Isaiah, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And then he gave the scroll back to the attendant, and as was the custom in their days, he didn't move to the pulpit, he rather sat down to preach. There are some Sundays when I really think that's a great idea. And he preaches the word. And he starts out with these words, Today this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. 
And the text tells us, and all who heard him spoke well of him and marveled at the gracious words that were coming from his mouth. And there's a little bit of hometown pride that kicks in. Is this not Joseph's son? But then Jesus does something. And it's not an easy thing to do. You see, we're kind of like the people of Nazareth. We hear God's word and we can rejoice at hearing God's word and we're all good with God's word and we love what God's word is and, and even what it says. Sometimes the kids move this around for chapel and stuff, I think. It... But then Jesus does something. And as I said, it wasn't an easy thing to do. He took God's word and he applied it to them. You know, God's word is fine as long as it's not applied to me. As long as it's applied to you all, it's fine. But apply it to me? See, that takes us back to Nehemiah and to the law. It cuts, it hurts sometimes. We start reading God's word and we go, I don't want to hear that. It challenges me where I'm at in my life. Love the Lord your God. That first commandment, have no other gods. I, I can do that pretty good. I worship pretty regularly, but you know, if the, if the Packers are scheduled to worship during late service, I, you know, I'm, I'm out of here. Where's Al when you need him? Oh, their season's over. Oh. Hit a man when he's not here, Debbie. That somehow our worship of God can take second place or third place in our lives and we, we sometimes replace worship with things that we see as more important or more valuable at the time. Or that we don't really need to study the word. For whatever reason. taking care of those who are hungry or naked or homeless. That's for somebody else. Or welcoming people into worship who are different from us, who aren't Jews. Or 
Truly I say to you, no prophet is acceptable in his hometown. Jesus is saying that not because he's not welcome in Nazareth. When he says that, he is reminding them of the long history of the Jewish people who time and time again have tossed the prophets out and even put them to death because they're speaking words that the people don't want to hear. There were many widows in the time of Zarephath during the drought. Elijah maybe could have went to any one of them, but he goes to a Gentile widow. There were many lepers at the time of Elisha, but only Naaman, who was a Syrian, was healed. And why is that? Because during those time periods, the children of God had turned their backs on God and rebelled. And that's why they were carried off into captivity. And after time, finally, they come back. And that's why they begin to understand that they need God's word and that there's a hunger for God's word. But how history repeats itself. At the time of Jesus, they don't want to hear the truth that they are not following God's word. And so, the very hometown hero they had just welcomed, the very son of Joseph that they had talked about proudly, They take him out in their anger and they try to push him off a cliff at the edge of town. Don't like the word? Get rid of the messenger. That's a funny way of thinking, isn't it? it does nothing to destroy the message the words are still there in our culture today though we've kind of moved a little farther if you want to think about it maybe we've advanced a little bit in our thinking because now we try to remove the word take it away from the faces of monuments get rid of crosses in public places remove the ten commandments from the courthouses Don't let people pray at school assemblies. But that's where we celebrate the Word made flesh. Because you see, you can destroy the face of a monument or you can erase the Ten Commandments from a courthouse, but you cannot remove the word of flesh, Jesus Christ, from this world. 
And as long as there are people like you and me who proclaim the word of God in our daily lives and who lift it up and who remind people that our joy in life does not come from the things of this world, but from Jesus Christ and him crucified and risen again. As long as we are here to speak the words, then lives can be changed. After they tried to throw him off the cliff, he didn't stop. He continued to interact with people and share the love and the passion that he had for them. And the people continued to find joy in who Jesus was and is. And that's where we need to turn for joy in our lives because so often in our lives we can become discouraged and Worried. The things that we face every day. And if we try to find our strength in the things of this world or the answers in this world, quite bluntly, it's depressing. And so we turn to the cross. We turn to a Christ who takes the time to love each and every one of us. A Savior who knows our hearts and who proclaims the good news to us. Who not only heals us in a way that the blind receive their sight or the lame walk or the deaf hear, but heals us from the sins which condemn us to death and raises us to new life. Joy of the Lord is our strength. When you are facing things in your life and you think that you can't keep going, turn to the Lord. And understand that even he, in the midst of, of difficult and challenging things, had joined his heart. That's why I love these words from Hebrews. Who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame. It's hard for us to imagine that, that our Savior who was beaten within an inch of his life and who was mocked and who carried a cross up a hill where they nailed him to it went through all of that with joy. But that's what it says. And he went through all of that because he knew that in so doing, he would open up salvation to us. The joy of the Lord. It's our strength. It's where we stand, it's where we turn, it's where we cling. It's the cross, it's the blood shed. It's the salvation that's ours. Return to the Lord your God.
for he is gracious and merciful, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. Joy of the Lord is our strength and our salvation. In Jesus' name, amen. And now may the peace of God, which passes all of our human understanding, keep your hearts and minds in the true faith of God in Christ Jesus into life everlasting. Amen.